This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. The federally owned Trans Mountain Corporation announced yesterday it has issued notice to proceed directives to its contractors. That means it's mobilizing its workforce. It's getting ready to put the shovels in the ground. They are getting ready to start building this pipeline again. Some of the construction set, uh, set to start this month and next month includes work in Alberta. Now, of course, the pipeline very popular there in Alberta, so probably not a lot of problems there. But there will also be construction starting soon in British Columbia, especially at the Burnaby Terminal uh, of the uh, pipeline project. Let's talk about this now with the great panel. Chris Gardner is the president of the Independent Contractors and Businesses Association. He supports the pipeline. Hi, Chris. Uh, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Doing well, thanks. Thanks for coming on. Peter McCarthy is here as well. He's a climate campaigner with the Wilderness Committee. He's opposed to the pipeline. Hi, Peter. Hi, thanks for having me. Guys, thanks for coming on. Chris, let me go to you first. Now, you're, big, you're a big supporter of this pipeline. You must be happy. I know a lot of your guys probably get work on this pipeline, right? Yeah, you know, I've just, I was up in Fort St. John two weeks ago. Uh, two Fort, Fort St. John based companies, Terraris Pipeline, Macro Pipeline, are going to be building two sections of the, uh, of the seven sections of the pipeline. They're going to be ramping up and hiring, uh, over a thousand workers. And, um, so they're excited and it shows the regional distribution of jobs. Uh, throughout the province as a result of this project. And so it's good news that construction is starting. The bad news is that it has taken so long. And um, and then we've lost opportunities in, in British Columbia and Canada as a result of that. The CEO of the Royal Bank of Canada recently said over the last two years, Canada has lost $100 billion in investment because our energy sector has been stalled because of the right. policies of both Ottawa and Victoria. Is, is it too early to celebrate, though? I mean, if you're a supporter of this pipeline, I mean, I wonder if people are a little afraid to start saying, you know, it, it's party time uh, when there's been so many disappointments in the past. Like stuff starts getting built and then it gets canceled. It gets stopped by the courts. And is it going to go forward this time, do you think? Or is this going to be another, like, another false start? Well, hopefully. I mean, the, the, the B.C. Court of Appeal was very clear. Uh, you know, when they ruled 5 nothing uh, against the government of British Columbia, uh, though this was federally regulated and they couldn't, uh, and effectively what they were trying to do is stop the pipeline. And, and, you know, but the government is continuing on with its legal action, and this sends yeah. a very negative signal to not only uh, investors can, looking at this project, but other projects. And, you know, we are ranked 53 in the world in terms of competitiveness and regulation, um, and that's hurting our economy. It's costing us jobs. And um, while we continue to import okay. oil uh, from uh, jurisdictions like Saudi Arabia and, uh, and Nigeria, when we've got more than okay. enough oil here to supply our needs. Okay, let me go to Peter McCarthy from the Wilderness Committee. Peter, uh, you got the company saying, we're gung-ho, we're ready to go, we're ready to start to get, to get to work here. Is this fight over? I mean, are the lawsuits over? The company's going to put a shovel in the ground? Is the fight over? 
Absolutely not. You know, there's still thousands of people willing to uh, stand in the way of construction. There's uh, even more court cases this time around than last time as another First Nation has joined. Um, there's the election coming up, which could result in a minority government when uh, both the parties that could potentially form government uh, are opposed to the pipeline. Uh, we still got a lot of fight left in us. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think this is going anywhere. I think you know, maybe they start construction, maybe they get a little bit done, maybe they're slowed down along the way by protesters. Um, but I think this will, this will be kicked back and forth in the courts for a long time. And the truth is, every delay to this pipeline, the economics and the business case, um, and really the prospects of the oil and gas industry in a world that's moving off of fossil fuels get worse every day. And so... Okay, okay. You know, Peter, think, Peter, when you, say, when, when you bring up the, the federal election... You know, I mean, the, the two, there's only really two possible outcomes in this election is either Trudeau is going to remain prime minister or Andrew Scheer is going to be the prime minister, and they both supposedly support the pipeline. Right? They do, um, but I think so, we are almost certainly headed towards a minority government where they don't actually have enough seats to form government in power because uh, they're neck and neck in the polls right now. And so. Both the Green Party and the NDP are opposed to this pipeline, have been very clear they don't want it to get built. And I think, you know, a, a climate plan that those parties could support would not include this pipeline. And, and that's, I think, the common ground between potentially um, Prime Minister Trudeau and the other two parties is that they do want to see climate action and they could make this a condition of it. Okay, that's a very interesting idea there. Chris, what do you think of that? I mean, if we do end up with a minority government, do you think the Greens, if the Greens or the NDP or both of them are holding the balance of power, do they turn the screws on Trudeau maybe to support him and say, you got to cancel this pipeline? I can't see Trudeau doing that. I mean, I don't see how Trudeau would cancel this pipeline. Or does he, or does he maybe do it if, he, if it means he's going to, the only way he can cling to power? Well, you know, I, I, you know, uh, anything's possible, but I would say yeah. this. I would agree with you that I think it's highly unlikely at this point that uh, if Trudeau were in the minority government, he would, he would backpedal on this. Because we've gone from, and how ridiculous is this, we've gone from a situation where a private sector company was prepared to invest $7.5 billion in our economy. Um, and because of the delays um, and, and all of the, the, the controversy around the pipeline, they decided they couldn't get this, this, this project built. So the government of Canada stepped in, spent $4.5 billion of taxpayer money to buy the pipe, the existing pipeline. And now yeah. they're going to spend $7.5 billion of taxpayer money to build the pipeline. That is completely insane. In no other jurisdiction in the world would this happen. And so it's costing taxpayers dollars. It, we're losing opportunities because of these delays and protests. And what the protesters don't understand is that there is a time for input and for consultation. But at some point in time, you have to move forward. Investors have to have the certainty that if they've gone through the process, met all the requirements, and the project is approved, it will be built. Um, And the challenge of the protesters, they're just focused on one outcome and one outcome only, and that's getting to know. Peter McCarthy, what do you say to that? Well, you know, I, I think I should remind people that this pipeline never went through a proper environmental review. It went through the National Energy Board's rigged process where the Harper government had tried to set things up so that they could rubber stamp it as fast as possible. People don't go out and stand in front of a bulldozer when they feel like they've been heard. But unfortunately, the National Energy Board completely disregarded people. It's now been scrapped. The government has admitted that that process was a complete failure, but are continuing on with this pipeline anyway. Well, and um, all well, I can say is it, it, at some point... 
this is going to start costing us so much money that it doesn't make sense anymore. It's yeah. now, now $9 billion. Yeah. I think, though, that for groups like your own, Peter, or, or other environmental groups that are opposed to this project, I'm not sure there's there's any regulatory process that you guys would accept. I mean, can you? is there any circumstances under which you would turn around and say, okay, that was an adequate environmental assessment of this project? We support it now? No. I mean, you know, it doesn't they could consult for the next century and you guys would not support it. If they if I mean, first of all, if indigenous communities were on side because their consent uh, from our point of view is required for this project. But if they could show us that Canada could actually meet its climate targets, um, you know, the ones we committed to in Paris while building this thing. Uh, and increasing the size of the tar sands, you know, that that would make it a lot harder for us to oppose this project. But mm. the truth is they've just sort of papered over everything. And um, they they still haven't grappled with the fact that we have these two divergent policy um, priorities where, hey, we want to expand the tar sands by 20%, and also we want to meet pa- uh, our Paris Agreement targets and reduce emissions. And they just don't square. Chris Gardner, what do you say to that? Well, every single First Nation whose territory is the pipeline is going to be built through has signed on uh, with Kinder Morgan uh, for a benefits agreement. The second thing is that we've got First Nations now in negotiations with the federal government to buy part of the pipeline. Um, so the First Nations who are most directly impacted are supporting this pipeline. And on our climate plan, the reality is that um, if we're going to make significant efforts to change the trajectory in which the planet is on. We need China, India, the United States, and Russia to get with the program because yeah. we have you know, less than 1% of the population, less than 2% of, of, of emissions. That's where the real fight has to be. We have to do our part as Canada, but we can okay. do our part by, by harnessing our resources in the most sustainable way possible, which is what we do, shipping LNG to China and India. Okay and helping move them off heavy oil. Okay, Peter McCarthy, real quick, and then we got to take a quick commercial break, but I, I think you probably, you want to push back on that, what what uh, Chris said there about for First Nations supporting the project? First Nations, every First Nations reserve that the pipeline crosses is supportive of the project because that is yeah. a requirement for the project to move forward. But their territories, two-thirds of the First Nations that were consulted because this project impacts their territories have not given their consent. Um, and, and the truth is, all, all it takes is one. Um, and rightfully, they should be able to stop a project. Uh, you know, you can build 97% of a pipeline, but it's not a very good pipeline. So, so you think, like, hang on a sec, if, if you've got like 100 First Nations and 99 of them support the project and one of them doesn't, you're saying that that should be the death knell for the project, that one First Nation out of 100 can stop a project. Is that what you're saying? They- they have the right to give consent for what's happening on their territories. If the pipeline can find another territory, uh, can change its route, then, you know, maybe that's acceptable. But, you know, you can't, in the same way that if you were in Europe and France wanted to build a highway all across the country, you can't just, um, you have to get everybody on side. And, and okay. that's how the UN Declaration for the Rights of Indigenous Peoples works. Okay, Chris, do you want to comment real quickly on that? Well, I would say that's why we have a federal government that makes um, decisions in the national interest. And it's the same way with First Nations. You can't have one First Nation holding up projects that will benefit every other First Nation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And, and residents of Canada and British Columbia. So at some point, there is a national and provincial interest that has to prevail uh, over mm-hmm. the parochial interests of one group, group or one community. Okay. My guest, Chris Gardner, independent contractors, Peter McCarthy, uh, Wilderness Committee. Uh, Peter, with the, with, in terms of the uh, the fight against this pipeline now, you guys obviously are not going to give up the fight to try and stop it. What do you think is the more likely path to success for your side, fighting it in the courts or fighting it on the ground with protests and standing in front of bulldozers? You know, I, I, I think it's going to take all tactics to stop this. Um, you know, we certainly think that there's a very strong case for uh, the First Nations and environmental groups who did take the project to court. Um, but in the meantime, you know, as as construction starts and proceeds, um, there will be people out to meet them. And, and that's just as important because uh, we know that the courts will take into consideration if the pipeline's already half built um, by the time it's there. So you, really, we're throwing everything we got at it. What do you think the optics will be, uh, Peter, if they start construction and there's construction going on during an election campaign? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine, like, Imagine if there's protests or you got TV photos of like native elders being led away from a from a blockade or something right in the middle of an election campaign. Do you think that's good or bad for Trudeau? Oh, it's going to be ugly. I, I can't believe that he uh, he tried this before an election. Um, yeah, it's it, people being uh, being dragged off of their own territory uh, for a government that is so. Um, you know, signals so much about how it's so committed to reconciliation and uh, climate change. To be dragging people out of the way out of pipeline during an election is going to be—it's going to be a disaster for them. I, yeah, I'm just wondering about that, Chris Gardner. What do you think of that? I think Trudeau wants to look tough on this. Huh? Maybe he's not that worried about that kind of that possibility. But what are your thoughts? Well, I think that what, what the, the federal government's been trying to do is, is, is play this balancing act. And I think, unfortunately, at some point, you've got to make a decision. And he's, and he's, he's, he's dragged this out for so long. Um, we've lost opportunity in terms of jobs and investment in the economy. Uh, this project should have been well underway. It should be halfway built by now. And so if there are repercussions uh, that he will face electorally, it's, it's, uh, it's of his own doing. Um, you know, he, he, he bought the pipeline, spent $4.5 billion of taxpayer to buy the pipeline. He's spending another $9 billion in taxpayer dollars to build the pipeline, which is insane considering we had a private sector company ready to make this investment. Um, and then on the other hand, he said, we're going to pass Bill C-48, the tanker ban on the, uh, the west coast of British Columbia, and Bill C-69, which is a new regulatory framework to review uh, infrastructure, major infrastructure projects. And basically what he's saying is, this is the last pipeline that will ever be built. So if you don't support Kinder Morgan, just, you know, take it easy because we've, we've done all, this, all these other uh, initiatives for you. So I think, unfortunately, it's the story of Canada. That's why we're slipping in terms of competitiveness. What? That's why we've lost $100 billion investment in the last two years, according okay, to RBC. Okay, guys, we just got two minutes left here. Chris, let me ask you to make a prediction. Do you predict this pipeline will get built? Do you, are you confident the pipe's going to go in the ground, this project's going to get completed? Yes, I am. 
despite all the setbacks, despite the fights that have been going on, despite the years of delays, despite all these yeah, other pipelines getting, you know, getting canceled? That's all frustrating, but ultimately there has to be respect for the rule of law and, uh, and a process. Uh, this, this, is, this, this project has been bandered about politically and, and, and opposed by activists, not, as to your point, not interested in having a constructive dialogue about responsible resource development, but by keeping our resources in the ground. Um, and, uh, and that's hurting Canada, it's hurting communities, it's hurting families, it's hurting working Canadians. Okay, Peter, Peter McCarthy from the Wilderness Committee, will the pipeline get built? No, I think it'll be uh, years to come of kicking this down the road when really we should be having the conversation of how we're going to build an economy that will actually last. Um, so eventually this, uh, this story is just going to wind up when by the time you know it ends, nobody will be ever thinking about building a pipeline ever again. But even though the polls consistently show that most people want the pipeline, they support it, including most people in British Columbia. Yeah, I mean, I think the polls have shifted over and over again. I think when people, you know, there's been a $30 million ad campaign from the government of Alberta to try and convince people of that fact. But I think when people hear the reasons why people are willing to go to such lengths to stop this pipeline, they'll come around. Guys, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show today. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. That's Chris Gardner from the Independent Contractors Association. A lot of his members working on that pipeline. He, he of course, supports it. Peter MacArthur, he's a, cl- a climate campaigner with the Wilderness Committee. He is opposed to the pipeline. The pipeline company is saying they're getting ready to start building again. We'll see if the pipeline goes through this time.